Hello, hello, and welcome to the Shmuel Tenenhaus podcast. My name is Shmuel Tenenhaus. This is my podcast. Also, I would like to welcome you to 2024. That's the year. Now, I'm doing a podcast, recording a podcast on January 2nd, and there's a reason for that. Last year, in 2023, I did not do enough podcasting. So I figured if I do one on January 2nd, now I'm averaging a podcast every other day in 2024. I don't know if I'll be able to keep that up to the full year, but if somebody says, hey, you're not doing a lot, I'm like, wait a second, we're just two days in the year, not even full two days, and here I have my podcast. Uh, I have a small song for uh, families that have a minivan and children and when you have children and minivans and car seats and strollers, there's always a uh, there always has to be loading and unloading those out of the car. That's just part of the process. You have to do that. It's part of the it's part of the laws of owning a minivan. You have to be schlepping stuff in and out. Um, so last time I was taking the uh, car seats out to put them in the other car because I had to take the stroller out of the other car and put the stroller back in this car. So it goes like this. Um, you take the car seats in, you take the car seats out, you take the car seats in, and you, you take the stroller all about. Uh, that is just the first part of it, and we're going to go uh, with more. Today, as I was davening, I was the chazan, and uh, I have a halachic question that maybe we can get onto the big, big halachic podcast. My cousin listens to a, a, a halachic podcast, so the, here's what it is. Let's say you, you need six to be davening with you. Let's say you have five and one guy is davening really slow. Can you pinch him in the butt? Halachically, meaning can you? And then the other question is, do you have to? Is it not just allowed? Is it mandatory because of Tircha Ditsibura to give the guy a small pinch, not to draw blood, but to make a small little bruise so that, you know, is no, it's not the time now to pretend like you're a big davener because you never really davened before. Now you're just taking your time because people are waiting for you. So now we're going to talk about something, an invention that I think could help every marriage. What happens is sometimes you'll say something to your spouse and then later on your spouse will say, what happened to so-and-so? You're like, well, I told you this. And they'll say, no, you never said such a thing. And then you'll say, yes, I did say such a thing. And they'll say, you didn't, I did, you didn't, I did. So my idea is uh, there's a company, you invent a company where you just hire two witnesses to come to your house. It's called First Aid Im. First Aid Im. And they stand with you and you tell your wife, hey, I'm not coming home till six. And you'd be like, First Aid Im, did you guys capture that? They said, yes, you said you're not coming home back to six. And then later on, if your wife says, where are you? I thought you were supposed to be back by 5.30. You say, wait a second, wait a second. Let's call up the first aid M and let's ask them what time you said you're coming back. This is the time you're coming back. And I think it can prevent a lot of, again, you need a, a, rest, uh, a guest room potentially if you want to have them overnight because a lot of things are exchanged. Things are said in the middle of the night and early in the morning. So you have to get those guest accommodations, which talking about guest accommodations, let me t explain something to you. It's very important to do achnasis archem. You have to be hospitable, but you never want your guest accommodations to be 
too comfortable. You know what I'm saying. Don't have a bath in your guest bedroom because at that point, people are going to, one, extend their vacation, two, as they want to come to Florida and looking for a hotel, if you live if you live in Florida, if you live somewhere else, they're like, why do we need to stay somewhere? So-and-so has great guest accommodations. So what you want to do is, again, you want it to be comfortable but not too comfortable. So, for example, the hot water works in the shower, but after five minutes, you want to set it to cold because, again, they shouldn't be running up your 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 heater bill, your your utility bill. And, again, uh, I'm also a big fan as, as the days progress when somebody stays in your house, the first day you're very warm. The second day you got to take it down a notch. The third day you're already – you know, avoiding eye contact. And the fourth time, the fourth day, by the time you're seeing them, you need to be slamming doors in your house whenever you see them. Uh, so they start getting the idea that you're wanted here, but everything is, you know, you know, up to a certain limit. Uh, so I also think that it, it, at this point, it is uh, necessary to explain the challenge that introverts have when it comes to the obligation to be hospitable. So somebody who's extroverted, it's like amazing. It's like, hey, come to my house, hang out. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll see each other walking around the pajamas. But if you're an introvert and you have guests over, it's like, yay, I, I'm so excited that you are coming to stay in my house and invade my personal space. And why'd you bring your kids with you as well? And uh, just everybody, let's just sit in the common area and, and make phone calls and FaceTime friends. So it, it's a big, it's a big, I think it's one of the biggest challenges of our generation for introverts to be hospitable. It's like if you have somebody with a lot of money and he's stingy and he has to give a charity, it's kind of the same concept, the same kind of cha- challenge. So I want to talk now about... Uh, a, a chalant incident that happened with me. So they make chalant liners, which essentially it means that you can just put your chalant in a bag. It doesn't sound so savory. But then what you gain out of it is when Shabbos is over, you just pick the bag up and you dump it in the garbage. As opposed to if you make chalant directly on the pot, like if you, if you, you make it raw without any protection in the bowl uh, or the chalant pot, you basically have to soak it with water for 30 days and put in salt. And then you have to basically electrocute the chalan pot just to get some of those beans that are caked on to come off. A chalan liner is supposed to prevent all that. So I told my wife, listen, there's, there's a new era. We have to make changes in our life. We're going to use a chalan liner. I jumped in and I said, I'm going I'm, I'm to be the first one to use it. So I made it the first week. It was a very water, watery substance. But at the same time, when Shabbos was over, I couldn't wait to Shabbos to end. I was like, ha-ha, and I, and I just lifted up and dumped in the garbage. The second week we did it, I have to say I was disappointed because the Cholent liner bag ripped. Maybe I did something incorrectly. Uh, probably not a good idea to put razors in the Cholent for health reasons, but also that could also cut the chalant liner. So now I look like a fool because I'm trying to pick up the chalant liner, show my wife how easy this is. And this is a whole new era 
But then basically Chalant is, is falling out of the bag. And this week we had a Chalant and noticeably missing was the Chalant liner. It's possible, by the way, we did have a Chalant liner. It just melted into the Chalant and it didn't look like there's a liner, but the liner is now actually part of the Chalant. I had the opportunity over the last week and a half to visit the home of somebody with uh, a ton more money than I have and my neighbor have together. And this person has a room in their house called a lanai. I never heard of what of, of the word lanai. This is a word that you have to have about $10 million in assets before you can even learn that word. It's a special dictionary for the super rich that you know of such a word. And so it's, it's, I'm not sure what a lanai is. It's kind of a hallway, but it's a more expensive one. And potentially there are very expensive uh, paintings hanging there or the walls in this hallway are lined with $100 bills. Since we are now at the beginning of a new year, so one question that always comes up is how much should your mailman tip you? Because the mailman or the mailwoman or the male person has the fortune, the good fortune of being able to deliver your mail on a consistent basis. They have job security because you're paying taxes on your home or your apartment. And so naturally, a, a male person should feel inclined at the beginning of the year to say, hey, it was, it was delightful bringing you your mail. I loved when you smiled at me. Um, I love that you took the mail inside even though it was raining on certain days. Uh, and here's a small tip for you and your family because we see, I see the dysfunction every day when I come deliver the mail. Uh, there's a mess outside of the house. There's a bunch of boxes that look like they need to be recycled. Here's $20, $30. I'm thinking it all depends on the male person, like his financial standing, and also the financial standing for the recipient, the home. So I think on average, it's $30 to $50 uh, I'm expecting to receive from my male person this year. And uh, if he doesn't give it to us right away, I'll probably say something towards the end of January. Hey, guy, you know, some people have a custom where their male person gives them, gives them a tip at the end of the year. I do not have solutions at the moment for solving antisemitism. I will keep you posted if I do. However, I do want to say for the first time, you know, because antisemitism is not a, a new thing. It's been around as long as Jewish people have been around, not necessarily the same, it wasn't the same term of antisemitism. That's more of a modern terminology. But what I do want to say is, I don't know, this is not a silver lining. It's just an element that I feel hasn't been mentioned. This is the first time that Jewish people are, are experiencing antisemitism, but at the same time, in many states in the United States, marijuana is legal. Now, marijuana is not going to solve antisemitism, but if somebody's stressed out from antisemitism, he now could smoke a, smoke a little uh, <clears throat> cannabis and potentially feel more relaxed and say, you know what, we can deal with this, we can get it together. You know, 
maybe there is the possibility, however remote, of, of world peace. I was at a wedding and somebody approached me to tell me that they were launching a podcast. And uh, to which I responded very, very encouragingly that actually everyone in the world at this point has a podcast. There's one person, I think, in Tennessee that had a podcast that's not podcasting anymore. So, but that person did have a podcast. So really, I think everybody has a podcast now. Podcast, to make a podcast today, that, that's like ha having a, a smartphone. So that's what I wanted to tell this person. You are basically doing something that's very crowded and nobody cares about what you're doing. And I certainly am not going to listen to your podcast. So if you're relying on me as being a listener, <laughs> that's definitely not going to happen. I don't even listen to my own podcast, as you can imagine, uh, for, for obvious reasons. It, it would bring about a shame and discomfort if I would actually listen to any of this. Um, I did give her some advice uh, in terms of making a podcast, and I'll share the advice that I gave in terms of somebody who wants to make a podcast. The advice I, I, I give, and it was the advice that somebody gave to me, was don't, th don't uh, be making a decision each time you make a podcast decide that you're going to make 20 episodes or 25 episodes and don't look back. Just jump right in. Also, there really is not, you don't need any technology other than a microphone. That's really all that you need to make it. So uh, it's a very, very low barrier to entry, which again is why everyone has a podcast. Kind of like back in the day, everybody was an author on the Huffington Post. You had to opt out of being a Huffington Post writer. So again, I think every day when babies are born now, the hospital just issues a podcast to them, and then they're they're older. They can opt out of doing a podcast later on when they're older. Uh, so sometimes in our home, it gets somewhat hectic, uh, just balancing home chores, taxes, taking out the garbage, children, food, and my wife will tell me, "Hey, can we divide and conquer?" Like. You know, you straighten up the living room and I'll prepare the bottles. And that always rubs me the wrong way. Uh, and here's why. First of all, I would say at the core, maybe what bothers me is it's, it's a really solid idea. And uh, it would potentially improve things. And I guess instinctively, that's just not, not where I'm going. But really on a serious note, I always tell my wife, like, why divide and conquer? Why not unify and surrender? Because the tasks are too big for us. The responsibilities we can't handle. This place is never going to be clean. So if we're going to lose and throw in the white towel or the white flag or, or a, a flag with a picture of a towel on it that's white, then let's do it together. Biyachat as a family there should be a spirit of failure, but in a unified manner. Um, now, uh, Jewish people everywhere, uh, in addition to in an unfortunate war, 
going on in Israel, and like I said, an uptick in, in anti-Semitism, there's a, there's a new issue that we're dealing with right now, and that is planning winter break. And for those who are part of large families, it consists of, you know, one long argument for about a month or two to figure out what people are going to be doing for two or three days and, and really bringing that anxiety down to the children so they get to appreciate all that the parents have to endure in terms of being parents. And I also found in the world, if you had a group people, you have happy people who live their life joyfully. And then you have the second group of people who are on their family's WhatsApp chats. An instant way to increase the happiness and joy in your life is to extract yourself from your family chat. I know that sounds like a crazy idea, but trust me, do it for a day or two and you'll come out feeling grounded and centered and focused with an optimism you never thought you had inside of you because of all the different WhatsApp groups that you're on. I have to be honest with you, with this whole Yeshiva week winter break situation, I have started to look for new schools for our children. I'm keeping it in mind. I am looking specifically for a Jewish school that has no winter break. So they just go right through. They also don't give off for Hanukkah and none of the secular holidays, including New Year's. And that school, if possible, that I'm looking for that has no break up until summer and starts school again immediately when camp is done. There's no, there's maybe a half a day in between. That school also will have no WhatsApp groups for mass messaging. It just basically, it's either a fax or they send a, a newsletter on Friday uh, with telling you what's, what's going on. Uh, over the weekend, somebody sent me, it's not somebody, you know, there was end of year, lots of end of year campaigns that were happening on uh, go, go fund me and go F yourself and charity. And somebody sent me, they're, they're doing a run for a charitable organization, but forget about the fact that sometimes people will just send you a link without a message. This person just sent me a screenshot of their link. So there wasn't even a link to click on. There was also no messaging. So it was, it was a mysterious image that pops into my phone from somebody who I've never messaged or talked to at least for a long time. And I felt very special because this person obviously feels very comfortable to send me just a screenshot of the fundraising. And of course, I contributed uh, because I have uh, lots, of, lots of guilt. And then I actually set up, this wasn't uh, this is a suggestion, I set up a MISER account, first time I did this, where instead of having to take money out of my regular checking account, when I get money, I put some of it in my checking account and 10% goes directly into my MISER account. Um, and that's great because I never have to feel like how much my how much charity do I have to give? Do I have any do I have any disposable funds? Yes, it is in that fund. It is in that bank account. Uh, now, when you go to the gym in January, 
there's going to be a bunch of new faces because people are making New Year's resolutions. I like to go to these people in the gym because they're very easy to spot. They have new Lululemon on or they have something from Gymshark that still has a tag on it. And I say, hey, buddy, I was here all year last year. You were never here. This is a resolution that you're going to keep up for another two, three weeks, and then you're not going to show up here again because it's going to wear off all that excitement, enthusiasm you had getting to the new year. So might as well just, just leave the gym right now. Finish the rep that you're on. You're taking up space here from everyone else. Uh, this is not the year. Why, why, 2025 will be year, your year. We appreciate the effort here at the gym. Now we're kindly asking you to pack your belongings and exit. Uh, I've been grandfathered in from last year. These people have not been grandfathered in. Um, So, you know, when, when renting a movie from Amazon Prime, there is an option that depending on the quality of the streaming the price will vary. So it'll be like, if you watch it in high definition, it'll be $3.99. And if you watch it in SD, which I'm not sure what that is, but it's a lower level, maybe standard uh, level, it'll be $2.99. Obviously, we always will go for the $2.99. So I was thinking, just like in a bakery, if there's things that are a few days old and they'll discount it by 50%, or there's refurbished items in a store, you know, stuff that were out of a box now, somebody returned it. I think Amazon ought to do an option to rent a movie to stream uh, that's 99 cents and the picture is all fuzzy uh, and maybe the audio doesn't work. So I tell my, my kids, hey, let's rent a movie. No problem tonight. It's on me, but I want you to do it in fuzzy definition, they're running a 99 cents special and yeah, the, the audio is now working and it's fuzzy, but you know, there's subtitles that we can put on and then we can also go online and read a synopsis of the movie in case we didn't get it. So after the fact, if we want to have conversations with people, that's a way that we can tie it all up for 99 cents. Uh... So to all my friends and family down here who are Miami Dolphin fans, who I've warned that this is not a path they want to take because of the pain and the sorrow and the disappointment it will cause. And people are like, no, this season they have 11 wins. I tried warning people. Uh, so on uh, Sunday, they the team, uh, the Dolphins, had – their ass is handed to them, literally by the other team. They said the other team came on um, and they had some platters and they said, here here are your, your butts because uh, it was a terrible game. And so I do want to mention that if you are a Dolphins fan, uh, there is grief counseling available for you. And it's not just for the game that they just played against the Ravens, but it's for the rest of the season and and – you know, the playoff season, because we know that this doesn't, this doesn't end well. Uh, this does not end well. This does not end happy. I would encourage you to get out while you can. Uh, but if you do want to hang around, uh, again, the Dolphins themselves 
Uh, if you go to their website, I think it's miamidolphins.com and forward slash grief counseling, uh, they will hook you up with a guidance counselor who can walk you through, uh, you know, the suffering that you're going through. You don't have to suffer. Pain is acceptable. You don't, you don't have to suffer. Also, uh, the dolphins will take your merchandise back at uh, 25 cents on the, on the dollar if you're ashamed to walk around with it uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have a little uh, household dilemma now. I was invited to go camping with my family, and my family is going with several other families. And so when I say camping here, I'm talking about le legitimate camping where you sleep outdoors the entire night. Um, and obviously, I'm on the fence about this decision because I prefer sleeping indoors on a bed. And even if I, you know, so I, I really, like, I support the whole camping thing. But as a Yid, I don't think I should be sleeping outdoors. There's so many things. I want to kiss the mezuzah before I go to bed. I want to have Nagavasar. You can't really do any of this stuff uh, when you're going camping. And I'm not sure. If I do ca go camping, though, I will definitely dedicate a podcast or two or three on this camping experience. Also, apparently, Shabbos is one of the days. There's there's a makeshift Erev that happens. <clears throat> this, this whole idea, uh, particularly the Erev, it comes across as if it's uh, just hanging by a thread. N no pun intended. I wanted to do a quick uh, movie review. Uh, it's called Anyone But Me. Got to see it in the theaters. It is with a dude, and I don't remember his name. And the female in the movie is Sydney Sweeney. There are others. I think she was a producer too. It is a raunchy, uh, raunchy co comedy. And if you appreciate uh, inappropriate humor, you know, a little nudity here and there, but not, not excessive, and uh, some witty repartee, I, I would say go see it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I saw it with my dear spouse. Uh, just want to update you on the cats. So we have cats, two cats. And I will say they're doing great. Friday night, one of them smashed a glass bowl by knocking over a tray. I don't want to say which one because I don't, I don't even know which one. No, not, neither of them took responsibility. They kind of – they have these cat eyes that just look at you like, what are you talking about? We had nothing to do with this. And then my wife baked a cake, covered it with tinfoil. We woke up the next morning. The tinfoil was open and – it looked like the cats had nibbled on the cake. We cut that part off and baked a new cake. And now when people come over, we say, do you want some of the regular cake or do you want some of the cake that the cats helped themselves to? And some of the animal lovers would prefer the cake that the cats experimented on. Um, there was, I forgot to mention, in December at some point in time, there was a wine and food show. I did not go. And that's because... I'm not a fan of wine or fancy foods for that matter. And most importantly, people. Yeah, so people also came to the wine and food show 
And so that was a third reason why I was like, absolutely not. Because there's going to be people there, eh, eh, not for me, I didn't go. So we're going to conclude this podcast because it's coming to an end. It's already January 2nd. It's time for me to do some work. And by the way, I'm really going to get serious with this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, please rate, subscribe. You can subscribe. For, for all my Jewish listeners, it's, it's completely free. There's no subscription fee. You just click subscribe. There's a button that says subscribe, and you just that's how you'll know also if I'm doing a podcast. So, you know, I had mentioned taking a, a parenting class, and in the parenting class, I learned that it's really key to, as a parent, to transmit values. That, that's what parenting is all about. And so I want to share a value that I think is crucial to share with the children, and I'm already doing it, and feel free if you want to extend this value to your children. So this value is on leftovers, which I'm a big fan of, but again, this is something that has to be transparent to the children. I sit the kids down and I say, hey, look, hey, look at this. That's food that we had from Shabbos, okay? That's going to take us now, let's say, till Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we can have some lunches. You can use it for a dinner. Uh, there's the microwave. It can reheat this older food that we had from a couple of days ago. Look at this. This is tinfoil. You pull out a sheet. You cover the old food. Then we get to re-eat it. And most importantly, here is Tupperware. And what happens is you take, you scrape off the food from wherever you served it. You put it in this in this Tupperware, Tupperware, and then you put it in the fridge. And the next time you're hungry... You just take it out and you heat it up and you don't have to order sushi for dinner because you have leftovers. So again, in terms of transmitting a value to my children, I would say for me, number one, leftovers. Leftovers are great. We love leftovers. And we had something before. Now there's a some of it left over. We are going to eat that with a smile. Thank you, everyone. This has been a blast. Easy.